Blog Talk Radio. guys um i am going to have somebody double check <clears throat> and make sure that we are actually connected because it seems like there's some sort of technical difficulty going on and uh that's no good <laughs> we don't want technical difficulties we want um a show that works and um is connected so Give me one moment to verify that this is, in fact, working, and uh, we will be live functioning here shortly. Um, While we wait, I hope everyone has had a great January. Here in Wisconsin, the weather has been more bipolar than normal. Click the live button. Um, yeah, we have had this insane thaw here in January, and in addition to that, we have had practically a week full of fog. And so for those Wisconsinites out there, um, I feel you, it has been a drag this last week with the weather, very little sunlight. Um, I do have someone checking the audio to verify <clears throat> that we are having connection it does appear that we have a connection um but that does not always mean that we do (laughs) so (coughs) um it says we're on air some of the some of the website things are just getting a little glitchy for the connection here so that is why i am trying to confirm because there's no sense in, uh, you know, wasting a lot of time if the connection isn't working. All right. Can you guys hear me okay? Are we live? Can anyone confirm? I will also check Messenger to see if anyone in our group is listening, um, the radio show group. Do-do-do. <clears throat> Well, I am going to assume that it is working now. I'm not getting notices from the audio connector that there's an issue anymore. We're going to move forward. That being said, we're getting a little bit of a late start. So here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, my fellow Liberty lovers, wherever and whenever you're tuning in. Ah, Today's Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. And this is episode 28 of the Living with Freedom show. I am Amber S. bringing you a vision of what living a life of freedom looks like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. And 
thank you guys for um, tuning in and letting me know that we are live on the air. I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> I love when technology gets a little wonky because then it throws off the whole vibe. <laughs> All right. So this show, Living with Freedom, is brought to you by the Living with Freedom Ministries, an unincorporated private church and ministry where I help people discover and fulfill their God-given purpose, specifically through the creation of their own private ministry. And if you enjoy the Living with Freedom show or any of the Living with Freedom ministry activities, please consider a donation through PayPal using the ministries livingwithfreedom at protonmail.com email. Your support is what helps keep, keep this ministry's mission alive. All right, today, especially because we're getting a little bit of a late start, we are going to jump right into the word of the day and the holiday of the day because we have a special guest, Sarah Poet, joining us shortly. And um, I will, I'll see when she signs on. So the word of the day, for you new listeners out there, <clears throat> I get the word of the day most of the time from Black's Law Dictionary. I love this resource because it shows what has historically been accepted as a definition of various words and, and terms. It does include a lot of Latin phrases, which I think is pretty cool. And today's word of the day, and I have stuck with just one, which those of you who know me know I have a hard time picking just one. But today's word of the day is exchange. E-X-C-H-A-N-G. Exchange. Now, if you look in Black's Law Dictionary, which you can get a free PDF version online, you don't have to spend $180 plus for a hard copy unless you want to. Um, but if you look at the definition of this word exchange in Black's Law Dictionary, it is very long. It has a very long definition. Um, so I kind of nitpicked this time. I don't normally do that. But because of the nature of today and how we get to choose um, the, the definition and meaning of our words, which we'll get into in a little bit, and also we get to choose how we show up in the world, I want to focus on these slightly more alternative definitions of the word that we might not know already, but are equally valid and true. So Black's Law Dictionary says exchange means transfers of enduring interests and not such as much or as must immediately be reconveyed in fulfillment of preconceived plan. That one I had to read a couple times. Feel free to rewind or go look it up yourself. The next couple make a lot more sense. They're less wordy. <laughs> it also says exchanges the criterion in determining whether a transaction is a sale or an exchange is whether there is a determination of value of things exchanged. And if no price is set for either property, it is an exchange, <clears throat> which in the private domain, um, especially for those of us in ministry, we often ask for a donation. Um, uh, many of us often ask for a minimum suggested donation or minimum required donation for, you know, for an exchange. Um, but it's just, a, it's just a suggestion. 
And the reason is, is if we put a specific dollar amount to it, it, it becomes a transaction of a sale. Um, for those who see the value in what we do, it may be triple the value of what um, someone else might, you know, value it as. So that's another way we see donations as well. Going on with the definition examples, it's also the mutual transfers must be in kind and any transaction into which money enters, either as the consideration or as the basis of measure is excluded. Exchange also means reciprocal transfers. Now, I specifically chose definitions, as I said, that are very focused on the non-monetary transfer of things between each other. Remember that we reserve all rights R-I-T-E-S, and writes R-I-G-H-T-S, to assign all words and meanings as the writer or the communicator, and that no presumption can ever be made as to other assignments of the definitions. What this means is, as the communicator, as the speaker, as the giver of a product or service, we have the authority and the power to define what we mean when we say exchange. I feel like how empowering is that, you guys? We don't have to look only at exchanging items in terms of dollar or monetary value, especially when we start to look at and consider what we have of value to others. I really like this idea of, of bartering and trading and exchanging because, it's, yes, it's going back to a time almost forgotten but it's also coming back full circle and realizing that we can level up our way of exchanging with one another by seeing that I have something you need and you have something I need. And as long as we both see it as fair, that's an equal exchange. That we don't have to get into monetary value of things as long as we feel it's both fair mutually. And we're going to really dive into this concept a bit more when we dig into um, the topics with our special guest, Sarah Poet. Um, so we'll kind of leave this just lingering for now um, and then move into the holiday of the day. Today was really interesting. I mean, I could have gone many different routes with the holidays today. I like to use nationaltoday.com. Um, we could have gone with National Croissant Day. We could have gone with a lot of different things. But because of the topics, these two really, really stuck out to me. Today is both Martyrs Day and this week is National Storytelling Week. Now, those two just together have a lot of connections because martyrs have a story to tell. They have a purpose for what they do, their sacrifice in life, right? So we could have made a whole segment just on the connection between these two concepts. And the core meaning of being a martyr is the ultimate sacrifice to a nation, a movement, a belief. And what I found is it also typically preaches the values of nonviolence, unity, and morality. If you want to know more specifically about this holiday um, and why it's celebrated today, definitely either go check out nationaltoday.com or just do a web search of Martyrs Day. 
the reason I'm choosing this as one of the holidays today is that while, yes, sometimes we may have to choose a hill to die on, sometimes literally, sometimes just mentally, emotionally, spiritually, energetically, it's my opinion, and I believe it's probably in alignment with what Sarah will be sharing, that maybe, just maybe, (laughs) we can upgrade how we exist in the world so that we don't always have to look at things from only a place of sacrifice. And instead, maybe we can view things as something better, as as expanding and growing and building and, um, you know, building beautiful things, beauty, building something better, not only in terms of, of, you know, this whole concept of the phoenix where something has to die, something has to burn for it to be reborn and rebirthed. Yes, I do think sometimes that has to happen. I don't think it has to happen as much as we think it does, though. And this also has to do, has to do with how we tell the stories of our lives, our ancestors' lives, their purpose, and more. Which is why it's so fitting, since today is or this week is National Storytelling Week. So let's explore how we can learn together with Sarah and enhance how we view our life's story. Now, speaking of Sarah, I think it's time to bring her on and introduce herself a little. Um, Sarah Pote is a spiritual mentor, a thought leader, a former school creator, turned feminine masculine integration expert, and a medicine woman for modern times. She has a special place in her heart for protecting innocence, a guardianship for women standing in the truth of who they are, a devotion to redefining the value of feminine resources through sovereign energetics, and an unwavering belief that unity is not only possible, but probable. Her mission is to help you to heal the traumas of separation that have caused disconnection in your life and to see you return to connection and unity and authenticity and really true prosperity. She does this through sacred community, through courses, and also through one-on-one experiences. To learn more about her, you can go to sarahpoet.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-P-O-E-T.com. Now let's get Sarah on the line. All right. Hey, Sarah, can you hear us? I can. Hi, Amber. Hi, listeners. Hey, awesome to have you on. I'm pretty excited about this. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Good to be here with you. Yeah, I feel like this is a bit of a long time coming, and then we had a delay because I was sick. So I'm glad we could make this happen. It it definitely feels like, um, you know, divine timing that we're talking about this here and now. Yeah, I agree. So before, because we have about um, 10 minutes for our first commercial break, can you kind of dig into, um, you know, a little bit about who you are, how you got to do what you do, Um yeah, just give us an introduction on, on who you are and what you do. Yeah, thank you. Okay, well, I am a woman and a mother <laughs> first. Um, and I, I used to, like you said, be in education and work with children. And then I kind of climbed that career ladder into 
uh, an educational leadership career. And then I absolutely took a huge leap about five or six years ago to start my own business. I started an LLC at the time because, you know, there's a menu of things that we think are possible um, when we seek to go out on our own a lot of the time. And so I started a coaching and consulting business and developed a lot of just really authentic products and services that I found that I needed on my awakening pathway as a woman. And over time, it really became a sovereignty journey. I mean, I was not necessarily aware (laughs) of that as it was happening, but as I was discovering aspects of like this feminine and masculine integration journey, because that's really the shape that it took. I was really interested in the archetypes of feminine and masculine because as a really kind of like high powered woman, I realized how much um, like societal masculine I had taken on in order to get to where I was. And then I was like, I'm exhausted. (laughs) And I'm not really being authentic to myself or to the sacred, you know, the sacredness in me, the mysticism in me, like, this whole feminine side of me that uh, was calling me, but, um, you know, was buried in, in more traditional ways. And so over the years of being in entrepreneurship, um, you know, I started to ask questions about financial sovereignty and looking at energetic sovereignty between feminine and masculine, and that could mean male-female, that could mean our perceptions of the archetypes in society, um, and then, like, also looking at the sovereignty in exchanges, <laughs> and that's something that I, I could... <laughs> I could just, you know, kind of geek out on that all day long <laughs> um, because a lot of our exchanges in society kind of day to day are not sovereign um, and not yeah, energetically exactly. sovereign. Yeah. And then when you start to apply feminine and masculine to exchange and to sovereignty and you like link up those three topics um, that, you know, I I just started to dive into looking at that. And I would say, Amber, that, um, you know, I really see energetics and I see like the energetics of exchange and the energetics of feminine and masculine and kind of like how people do the dance of exchange and how relationships exchange energy. It's just like something that I'm just attuned to um, and that I learned to, <laughs> I learned that about myself, you know, the further I went on the step. I love that so much. And what I'm hearing in, in your story and how you got to where you're at is, one, there's this journey that's involved as we start to um, grow, and it goes, it goes way beyond just personal or professional development. It's, it really is a spiritual journey, and yeah. I'm finding that more and more people that I'm encountering these days 
they are really tuning into the fact that we are on a spiritual path right now. Um, yeah. I mean, there is this essence of, quote, spiritual warfare. And I also see it where we can find and create a lot of spiritual peace if we choose to. It's a conscious choice. Um, I'm also yeah. seeing, like, the story how, you know, you you mentioned developing products that you yourself needed um, and resources that you yourself needed. And that is so much in alignment when I share with people um, getting in touch with, like, their, their higher purpose or their God-given purpose. Um, part of it is to see what they used to overcome their situation and then use it to then help others overcome similar or the same situation. So that's exactly Absolutely. what you've <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. As I was walking the path of reclaiming feminine and reclaiming feminine sovereignty and then walking more toward love, right, and the unity pathway, and I love that you just said peace because – the reclamation of the feminine that's happening on the planet right now does not need to be an oppositional thing. It does not need to be in this martyrdom energy. You know, we really need more peace and more unity and the unification of feminine and masculine on all levels. And so that's really the pathway that I have walked. And I know that that's not an easy one (laughs) because, you know, in terms of feminine energy, there's been a lot of feminine energy that's just been taken, stolen, expected, you know, and, and women certainly aren't the only group of people that that has happened um, from. And, and so as we are healing, you know, our feminine and masculine uh, relationships, like looking at what has been taken instead of fairly exchanged and then also making our peace with that, but also getting sovereign in our own lives, right? Like knowing the value of our resources, knowing um, what we want to exchange and what we don't want to exchange, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an extensive <laughs> pathway. <laughs> it is. And I, you also touch on something that I think we'll probably dig into a little bit further. And um, it reminds me of a, a comment I had shared in, in your community um, about a week ago about how if we only focus um, now on exclusively the feminine aspect um, and I'm talking in terms of like, you know, the feminist movement, um, it can be kind of a small minded and very singular focused way of sort of like sticking it to the man, literally men and the patriarchal system. But mm-hmm. spiritually that we need to transcend that and realize that we need both. It's a yin and yang kind of thing that we need masculine and feminine. And it's not, you know, about gender identity or gender roles. It's, this energy of what the masculine represents and what the feminine represents and how we need that unity between the two for there to be peace. It has, it's the only way we can have harmony and balance. Um, mm-hmm. So I love that this is like transcending this, all of these divisions because it's like a both and rather than an either or. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah, for me, and just stop me when we need to go to commercial break, Amber. 
you're, you're good. Me, <laughs> the, um, the feminine and the masculine reunification pathway has been my spiritual pathway. Like I really had to reclaim, you know, the, my feminine and then the value of my feminine. I had to like reclaim that from constructs that had really influenced my life. And that really is a journey on all layers and levels of existence. You know, it's not just a gender thing. It's not just a um, archetypal thing. It's like, you know, these these energies exist within me. They exist within relationships. They exist within all of creation. And then there's a divine feminine and a divine masculine aspect of creation. And so for me, the sovereignty journey and this, this spiritual journey of, like, what is unification? What is unity consciousness? Like, how do we actually get there? Right. And, um, and walking that pathway, and then, like, that is the same thing as a sovereignty journey to me. Um, and so I really love here that we're introducing that, um, you know, sovereignty is also on all layers and levels of existence. Like sovereignty is, yes, like political. It is absolutely a spiritual concept. Um, mm-hmm. It is financial. Like it is, um, yeah, it's it's broad. <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. broad. Which is, which is for me, like the entire point of my ministry on the show is, what living with freedom looks like in all areas, all aspects of life. And, um, you know, you know, it covers our four bodies, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and things that are like outside of our, ourselves, which like you touch on like, you know, political, um, financial. So, um, yeah, so, so much alignment going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this is a good time to pause for a commercial and then so what I'll do is I'll mute both of us um and hit the commercials real quick and then when we come back um we can start diving into these topics of consent and exchange all right sounds good Please check out the Barefoot is Legal radio show right here on Saturdays, 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 10.30 a.m. to noon Pacific Time, as we show you all about your barefoot rights and living a barefoot lifestyle. And for more information about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal, please check out barefootislegal.org. Do you love the outdoors? Do you want to help make a difference for the planet? then get involved in Collectively Rewilding. Collectively Rewilding is a movement to restore degraded ecosystems and reinvigorate sustainable traditions almost lost by working together. It's based on the idea that we can achieve more by working together than we can by working alone. Sharing the skill sets we have built over the years with each other and providing the community support we all need when there is so much work to be done in finding a sustainable future. To join our community here in Collectively Rewilding, go to www.collectivelyrewilding.com. Let's bring nature back into our lives in a community built for the wild in all of us. 
We talk a lot about the kingdom here, and we talk a lot about what most churches are afraid to talk about or don't even know to talk about, which is what the first century church was really doing. But just talking about it is not enough. We encourage everybody to join us uh, in their local neighborhoods, in their local communities, to find out more about what they can do to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Gather with others who are already starting this road or starting to turn around and do things differently. Join us on thelivingnetwork.org or at hisholychurch.org. Go to the network links or go to preparingyou.com. Join the network there. It's all the same. And we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. They will not be perfect. They don't walk on water. They are not necessarily saints. But they are talking about seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And join us on Facebook. Facebook.com, His Holy Church, all one word. Join us there. We'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. But it's just not enough to sit and listen or to talk about or to say. You must become a doer of the word. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty Lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific Time, for the Living with Freedom Show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. Hey everyone, come check out the Proof Negative Radio Show here on FreedomizerRadio.com Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the Pacific Coast as we fight the New World Order and rock the health freedom world together. All right, we are back from commercial break and starting segment two. In segment one, we touched on the word of the day, which was exchange, and the holidays of the day, which... I picked two. Um, Today is National Martyrs Day, and this week is National Storytelling Week. Um, And I chose both of these um, because of our topic today, which is really kind of about how we can level up how we um, show up in the world. So, Sarah, um, are you back with us? I am. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So, I specifically asked you on um, this show because of two emails that you sent out in the last month. And the first one is you titled, um, Where We Sit, We Consent. And I loved this so much. I mean, I love the idea of the concept of consent. Um, Informed consent is really part of what got me into this whole liberty lover um, movement in the first place and kind of on this trajectory in my life. And so this, this concept really resonated with me. Um, would you care to share a little bit about, um, you know, the concept that you're writing on here and what it means to you? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'll also share that these are available on Substack. I'm writing on Substack. So it is sarahpoet.substack.com. And um, people are welcome to go there and, and follow my writing. And 
I definitely am going to be unpacking things about exchange and feminine resources uh, for a good long while. So <laughs> that's all there. Awesome. That's so, so thank you for letting me share that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm a storyteller, and it's interesting, these things that we're weaving together today, because, and like you said, divine timing, um, I've always been a storyteller, and I had some really intense stories to tell about my life. I mean, I think we've all lived very interesting lives, and when I started my coaching and consulting, there was kind of this marketing era of storytelling. And so I told a lot of my, of my personal stories over the years. And one sort of personal lesson that I had to come to was like, why are you telling stories, Sarah? <laughs> you know, are you telling stories to uplift and, you know, motivate or are you telling stories you know, because maybe I was like working through a pain point or I was feeling, you know, this like heaviness of the spiritual and, and professional journey that I had taken on, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that to say, I often pay close attention to my life stories and then I often incorporate them into my writing. And so this post that you are referring to, uh, which I titled Where We Sit, We Consent, came out of me noticing the energetics of my lived experiences a few times this year, where I thought that I was going into places that were maybe aware or spiritual or um, you know, maybe I thought that the, or assumed that the people in it were not going to, um, like, try to take my energy in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And right. then, um, like, I just made assumptions of the consciousness of the space. <laughs> and then when I sat down in these two particular places, I was finding myself kind of surprised that my energy was not respected. And what I'm talking about are things that happen every single day, but because I'm super attuned to how people treat feminine energy and also just sovereignty, you know, because I'm like always paying attention to those things, maybe even hyper attuned to those things, I'm Mm -hmm. noticing in these spaces that, you know, the feminine energy was not respected. And I was like, oh, I'm sitting in the wrong spaces. And um, so, yeah, after the first incident, which I I don't really need to go into the exact story, but it it was like, I felt trapped. You know, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in a space where I shouldn't be, but now I'm here. And I did address it at the end of like the meeting at the end of the circle and like brought my concerns to the attention of the people that held the circle and was like, you know, let them know that what happened there was not okay. Um, But then I learned this lesson. I was like, you know, I will not sit down inside of a community circle where there is, someone who has, 
you know, been out of integrity with me and my energy or me and my child's energy in this case, um, without like calling that to a mediation or resolving that first or something like that. It was like, when I sat down in that space, somehow (laughs) through something unmentioned, like unspeakable. And it's, it's that I've, you know, that, that people aren't really attuned to the sovereignty of energy very well. Um, you know, somehow the, the circle leader just kind of um, did not treat me with sovereignty, like did not respect my energy as sovereign. Wow. And, yeah. you know, and it was, it was subtle, but it was also very clear and and then, you know, the second example was that I was sitting in like a, a spiritual circle because I wanted to sit with um, these particular elders that I really enjoy. And someone else in the circle who also happened to be a man who was probably a full generation older than me, um, 60s, 70s, um, made jokes about actually trapping me in a... Um, shed, <laughs> which when, like, when I say out loud, it's like, what? You know, but that was, <laughs> like, that was the point, was, like, you're talking about trapping a woman in a shed as a quote-unquote joke. It's not actually a joke, and <laughs> you're confused right. about how you feel about feminine energy. <laughs> oh, my Linda, that's mind-blowing. Yeah, right? And so I was like, that's not okay. And when I tried to address it, it was just kind of like a, you know, it it didn't need to be a big thing. Like, I don't need to be walking around being like the energy police. It's just like, where do I want to sit? Yeah. Like, where do I put myself? Like, became the the contemplation for me was like, if I'm going to sit somewhere and it's not my space and it's not something I co-created, then I can't really um, be sure that the energetics in that space are going to be sovereign. And it just became this, like, you know, we're, we're just, we're growing, we're learning, we're putting sovereignty more and more at the forefront of our lives. And, and it was just like, you know, I, I can't just be willy nilly with my energy. Like I can't just be sitting in any space I'm invited. I need to be, um, I mean, I'm already discerning, but it was like, I need to be far more discerning. Um, and then I realized I was, you know, I'm just talking about jurisdiction. <laughs> yep. I'm talking about energetic Bingo. jurisdiction um, when, when I'm contemplating that. So, man, so much of that, especially that second example, really, really resonates. Um, I mean, I'm sure we can all think of examples where, you know, Uncle Harry at the family Christmas (laughs) made a joke about, um, you know, something, something, anything that just felt cringy. Even that, like, it doesn't have to even be as as intense as what you shared. Sometimes it is more intense. But, like, there's a spectrum of things that are just cringy. And when you feel that cringiness, like, that is where we can start to like pay attention. Like, are we, is that something that we need to tolerate? And the answer is definitely no. And I know I've encountered people who 
have called me a prude or have called me stuffy or any number of things because I chose not to engage in certain behaviors, certain um, things that others find funny, um, a lot of comedy movies out there. And it's because I, I feel like I've grown to respect people to not make assumptions as to why they did what they did and make a joke of it and instead try to find the innocence in it. Like, you know, innocence in the human where, you know, maybe they stutter because they have a challenge. It's not because they're, you know, insert insult <laughs> um, or any number of things like that. Maybe they didn't know insert thing um, that something's not acceptable because in their family it was or whatever. And I can definitely relate to removing myself from certain situations when I realize like the ways certain people choose to communicate their level of um, thoughtfulness toward others and things like that I have found just don't resonate and I've had to yeah had to make that boundary and I think that's yes it very much has to do with jurisdiction and with jurisdiction comes boundaries Countries are healthy mm-hmm. and they make us safe and they make us, um, they keep us healthy in all aspects. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And as you're talking, what comes up for me is um, discernment, you know, like where, yeah. where do we want to invest our energy and what do we not have the energy for? And another way to say that is boundaries. And another way to say that is energetic clarity. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like if I have my inherent resources, like my resources are, and I talk about these things all the time in my work, like as a woman, my resources are my things like time, my attention, my heart space, my creational power, my love, Right. And so in, in a day, I have all of these things that I could allocate those resources to. And when I'm clear on the value of my resources and I'm clear on the value of my, my relationships and my agreements, then I can really discern very clearly where I want to invest those resources. And the truth is, in both of these situations, um, I it was not worth my resources to continue to invest my energy in those spaces. Um, I would rather just discern that the spaces were not right for me. Now, actually something else wants to be said about that. In the first case, I did put resources like time, energy, and advocacy into actually calling for some changes in the organization on behalf of the children in a group that my son is a part of. So I went that route with where I invested my energy there. And then in the second example, um, the truth was is that I just wasn't in the right space. And so I didn't choose to really go into trying to explain or, or, repair or those kinds of things because the relationship wasn't there for me. Now I have a community called the sacred remembering community that, that I host. And if, you know, if 
something went down there, I would invest many more resources into it because it's a place where I've invested my energy and like I have agreements with the people that are in that community, right? So when we're talking about energy allocation, we're also looking at like the exchanges and the agreements that are in place and that's one indicator of like how much we want to give or may want to give or we may need to change the agreement but that's another track right yeah and and that ties into this concept of of pmas and jurisdiction too because our agreement is our contract or our compact and what are we you know contracting with what energy are we contracting with um you know what philosophies or um trying to think of other examples but yeah what things are we contracting with um and what energies are we um you know choosing to agree with because we're in and we've agreed to join certain settings certain environments um and that again goes back to discernment and and really building up like that muscle of mm-hmm. of knowing one's worth, knowing one's value, and recognizing that I am worth more and my time and energy are worth more than being devalued in this environment. And then, yeah. like you said, choosing is this environment. Does it have the potential to still be part of my purpose? Is it worth investing time and energy into, up, you know, upgrading and, and transforming? Or is it just not in alignment enough to bother and to remove ourselves yeah. and find something better? <laughs> yes, and I love the way you said that. And both you and I right now are like, okay, more alignment to purpose all the time. And, <laughs> yeah, like if it's, if it's not in alignment, it's out. <laughs> This is kind of how I'm feeling right now. It's like, yeah, yeah. And, like, I'm, you know, a single mother. I have three animals. Like, (laughs) they're (laughs) – my resources are really precious, you know, and, like, what I can create with really sovereign resources and, like, a body that's feeling really good and has had enough sleep. Like, (laughs) you know, I I can bring much more to my purpose when I really discern where my resources are going and really care for them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, especially as a mom, mom to mom, we, yeah. we realize like you can't pour from an empty cup. We've heard this concept over and over and yet, and we're going to touch on this in um, the next segment, but especially as women, especially as mothers, it is expected of us to give more than we have very often. Um, and then if we don't pour back yeah. into our own cup, um, that's when we run dry. That's where burnout happens. That's where we don't get to fulfill our purpose in the highest ways because we've given out this energy and we've made these contracts and agreements where we should have said no. And the power yeah. of no. <laughs> yes. Well, can we talk about structure and flow for a minute? That's how we met. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess it was late 2022 when we met. And I, one of the tools that I made is like exactly what you're describing 
um, for women because it's like, how do we know where our energy is actually going? And one of the tools that came on this journey for me um, was called Structure and Flow. And I was opening up a Structure and Flow group and I needed um, PMA documents. And then that's how we met. And you were like, oh my gosh, I need Structure and Flow. And I was like, great, I need PMA documents. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, right. That was healthy exchange. And, um, yeah, I mean, so we've traveled in that together and you've experienced that, but it's like so many times women have started to use structure and flow and it's like a 90 day workbook and, or like an agenda, like a planner, um, with these like weekly energy, um, checkpoints, (laughs) like where did my resources go? Do I like that? Do I not like that? What do I want to change? And there are these like boundary circles that we use. And yeah, I like, love it. yeah, like we're in the center and then there's only seven circles and it's like what's closest to you gets the most of your energy. And then, you know, what do you want to kind of keep at bay? And so many women have started using those circles over the years and been like, oh my goodness, my nagging relative that I that doesn't make me feel good. I have them in circle two by default because they helped me out one time and I felt guilty or they didn't insert themselves there or something like that. And then just by like energetically being like, I'd rather have them in circle six or seven because I love you and thank you, but no thank you with all the extra. And then right. they just start to feel better. <laughs> They're like, Oh, I'm just not going to give my energetic resources to that. Maybe a little less time. Maybe they take care of their other things first in a day and then check in with a text message, you know, laugh. And they just start to feel better. And they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. resource reallocation. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And then, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And I I cannot put into words how... Um, I'm even struggling to find words to describe why I don't have words. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This resonated so much with me and I I hope um, if it's in alignment with your purpose that we can do it again sometime because um, it was so powerful going through together as a group. But anyways, um, especially this concept of the circles and, you know, what we put into our inner circles even ties into something that my communication studies professors taught us that we get to choose who gets to be in our inner circle. And sometimes that's not blood relatives. Sometimes the people we consider family, for instance, as an example, are those we've built community with because we're in alignment. We're like, we found our tribe kind of thing and we create our own family. And I mean, I, I have, a perfect example. I have an aunt that I have pretty much excommunicated from my life because of the negativity and the um, just the looking down on. Um, and now I've grown to learn that there's definite. Um, I don't want to say necessarily jealousy, but almost maybe a sense of inferiority to the things I was doing, and so it kind of ties into this idea of like energy vampires too, where, 
you know, when people are in a low frequency energy, they try to suck energy out of those who are like vibing higher than they are. <laughs> One mm-hmm. to keep others around them down because again, inferiority complex, but mm-hmm. to also try to give them a false boost in energy. And that's what yeah. was happening. And so as soon as I removed this person from my circle that I call family, there was so much peace and joy and purpose that I was, you know, getting back in alignment with. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just a perfect example of, of what you were sharing, um, that we can we can choose who we keep close to us and who um, needs to be kept at arm length. I love that, you know, imagery there. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing your example. And I won't go into details, but, <laughs> you know, me too. And I'll say too, like the deeper I went on my spiritual journey and my unity journey, um, you know, and, and source reconnection and like the energetics of all of this sovereignty um, that has happened many, many times. Like mm-hmm. the the people in my life like have changed many times um, mm-hmm. as I've deepened my journey. And yeah, it's the sovereignty journey. Um, it's, it's definitely a courageous one on so many levels. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we're sort of at a um, pausing point before we touch into the next topic. Is there anything else you wanted to share about structure and flow before we pause for commercial? <laughs> no, thank you. I, I felt the pause. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. We are finishing segment two. When we come back from commercial break, we will get into segment three and the rest of what Sarah has to share with us and, Um, Yeah, we'll be right back. Hello, Freedomizers. I am Broccoli Man. When I am not fighting crime, I listen to the Proof Negative radio show. I am the Wire River. Not only do I forbid you to listen to Freedomizer radio and the Proof Negative radio show, I am going to demand you wear a mask and get your naked body scan. We need to protect the one world government. You getting the real information hurts a crime syndicate. Do not listen to Proof Negative. You must now disrobe this instant so I can check your person for a constitution or cash money. Anyway, listen to Proof Negative on... I'm Diana from Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. Join Russ and myself every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time while we deliver the truth about what's really going on in the world. You don't want to miss our shows. See you then. Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to 1.30 Eastern, for Common Sense with the educated redneck, Dan Ellison. The show about everything and nothing at all. 
please check out the Barefoot is Legal radio show right here on Saturdays, 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 10.30 a.m. to noon Pacific Time, as we show you all about your barefoot rights and living a barefoot lifestyle. And for more information about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal, please check out barefootislegal.org. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific Time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. When it comes to taking back your rights, don't leave the biggest part in the hands of someone who isn't even going to fight for you and your rights. How to Win in Court Without a Lawyer does just that. Dr. Graves teaches you what he's learned over as many years as a lawyer so you can protect and defend your rights yourself. Visit howtowinincourt.com question mark refer code equals SH0024. And if you're interested in what Sarah and I are talking about today with creating your own, you know, private member association or your own private ministry or church, please go check out go.livingwithfreedom.org backslash PMA. There you'll access a short 10-minute PMA introduction video as well as my full 25-minute PMA webinar. You'll also get access to schedule a 30-minute free consultation with me to discuss your goals and intentions, what you're looking at doing, and figure out like what type of PMA is the best fit for your needs. Again, that's go.livingwithfreedom.org backslash PMA. All right, Sarah, we are back for segment three, and man, we have had some really just abundant flourishing conversation so far. Um, so I kind of can't wait to see what comes next. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Amber, I just want to say quickly, because I was just listening to you talk about your PMA. So thank you so much for doing what you do. It's so important. Thank you for following your passion and your purpose. Yeah, it's it's been a journey. And I will say, you guys, I had no idea in high school, even in college, that my life's journey would take me anywhere near anything to do with law. Looking back, yeah. it kind of all made sense because I, I embrace now what I call this rebel with a cause spirit. But back then, like, it was totally in different directions from wanting to be the weather girl on TV or storm chasing to maybe being an event <laughs> planner to wanting to be a professor at a university. And now I'm like so far from all of those. And yet they're all still so near and dear to my heart. Um, it just, it's a beautiful transition that I've been on. And um, there's so much more to come in 2024 and beyond you guys. Like I have felt that this year, 2024 is sort of my year to have like a master's level self-study course. Mm. Um, where I'm diving into law and I'm diving into creating more course content and materials, workshops, um, 
maybe even a, a short ebook. I don't know. <laughs> but um, there is a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline that is building on what we're doing here with PMAs and also, um, you know, doing things as like add-ons. Um, some of it will be getting back to some of my roots about advocacy for health and wellness um, and freedom with that stuff. But regardless, it's going to be awesome. And so thank you for, thank you for acknowledging it. It means a lot. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And just so good to, you know, be your friend as all of this yeah. is happening because it's like, yeah, we don't really expect to sort of like have to do this. And then um, the last few years have shown us that we do. And I really nice to like not really planning on this and I think that like even when I met you and, and I started this journey uh like a lot was happening in my life and I was like okay I'm going to give myself like 2023 to like really make this transition you know to a PMA and um I I was like too relaxed about it to be honest it, it, I feel that call to like okay up the game like <laughs> up your own understanding Sarah like you know sovereignty is not um like a relaxed <laughs> like sovereignty is a very energetically clear thing <laughs> you know yeah and, it, it's sort um, of like not for the faint of heart yeah exactly yeah it also brings so much peace to the heart like all at the same time yeah it's, exactly it's an interesting dichotomy yeah, right. Like we need we need these like pillars around us so that you know what happens inside of the spaces that we're creating is like peaceful, beautiful, sovereign, prosperous, um, healthy, like all of connected, <laughs> all of those things. And um, yeah, I'm just I I too am more committed in 2024, and it's kind of naturally falling in place. It's like okay, yeah, time to up the game. And I'm, like, studying documents and doing numbers, like, way more easily than, you know, I was like, oh, I'm on a spiritual path and I'll have this, you know, quote-unquote business. And then I open up an LLC and then um, kind of going back to where we started, it was like, oh, this isn't sovereign. <laughs> this is not independence. Like, this is, I just bought into another system. Right. <laughs> I left one paradigm, like one system in a paradigm. I left education and then I just like entered, you know, same thing, different, different name. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> getting free. <laughs> exactly. And that, that too is like so much part of this journey is, you know, we start to unpack these layers of bondage really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of yeah. it we, you know, agreed to. Some of it we didn't know we were agreeing to. And some of it we were, like, involuntarily just put into that we need yeah. to, like, opt out of. Um, and that's one of the biggest things, if you guys have not listened to um, my webinar yet, one of the biggest things I teach when I'm sharing about PMAs and, and liberty and all these things is the biggest con quote-unquote con to doing this is the effort and energy it does take to sort of like unlearn what we were taught as mm -hmm. like the only options and relearning these new options and so many people ask me like K 
can I do this? Can I do that? And my mentor, David, who I know is listening, <laughs> he, mm-hmm. um, like 98% of the time, he would say, yes, you can do that. Um, and so I had to start shifting how I asked the questions is, like, how can I do this? So mm-hmm. we're shifting from not so much if we can, you know, take back our mm-hmm. rights and our liberties and our freedoms, it's how we take them back. How do we do this? Um, so we protect and defend our, you know, our freedom, our power and our sovereignty, our authenticity. Um, mm-hmm. and that, I think mm-hmm. for me, it's so empowering. It's no, it's no longer if it's how, and yeah. that rebel in my, in my spirit is just like, yes, we can do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like a certain, you know, passive nature to, just belonging in the prescribed systems and ways, you know, and then there's like more consciousness, more attunement, more choice, more responsibility, the, the more we walk down this path. But yeah, it's exciting mm-hmm. to, to know that a lot is possible. Yeah, absolutely. And so many are waking up to, and I know I've shared this on the radio show before, um, the truth of what our public domain system, particularly with education, and I know you, you know, you've experienced this because you've been in education, how that system was so much designed to create that pass, you know, passivity, um, mm-hmm. so that we don't question things, we don't question authority, mm-hmm. and not in a rude way, but it's like, why do we have these, these systems in place? Um, yeah. And we're taught not to question, we're taught to, you know, just be passive observers and absorbers of whatever's being fed to us. Um, mm-hmm. And people are kind of sick of it. And I'm, I know millennials get a lot of crap in that regard to, no, I shouldn't say in that regard. Millennials have gotten a lot of crap because we supposedly have this lack of like, commitment to a job for instance and I see it in a totally different light that no we've seen through the web of lies and the curtain Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's hiding the truth that there's no such thing as job security we have to make our own security and and that's kind of the only way we can have our freedom otherwise we're like you said just in another in another um, paradigm of um, you know this bondage basically so Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think we're kind of segueing into this concept of exchange and kind of transitioning from like where we're, you know, consenting our energy to what this exchange in life really looks like. Um, so that being said, um, the other email that really resonated with me that you put out recently, and I don't know where I set that phone. Um, I think I was going to read something from that email. And I cleared it by accident from my screen it's going to take too long so the email was mm, about the maternal, one about need um the maternal gift exchange um mm. is what it was i'll see if i can i can search exactly what i was going to share maternal um i really love this concept of kind of getting out of this monetary concept of exchange and value um and what you were saying about this maternal gift exchange. Um, Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So maybe while you're looking for that, I'll just share a little intro. Um, yeah, I think the post was about need, which I've really been just personally journeying with um, the concept of need and how need is so innocent and it's so human <laughs> and it's so just like natural to have need, you know, like a baby is born and it needs the mother's milk. Um, and so I think need is something that is often really um, diminished in our culture. And I think we're shamed, you know, if we have a need, we associate it with lack, et cetera. And so something was like starting to spark in my soul about looking at need. And then I was um, listening to a salon uh, conversation about the maternal gift economy. And the woman wow. who really pioneers the maternal gift economy, her name is Genevieve Vaughn. And um, Genevieve Vaughn has, has like, oh my gosh, so much on the maternal gift economy. And I'll say that like I've studied... I've just participated in learning about her work and read some of her work. And I have additional thoughts about it because I don't believe that we even value feminine energy in our culture. And, and so like the maternal gift economy is almost um, theoretical um, <laughs> until we actually have like put the feminine energy back in the place of, of value in our culture, but I can go more into that later. But I think the part, and stop me if you've found it, but what I said was like, they started talking about need and I, it was like, I had never heard it before. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no. Um, Go ahead and finish what you were saying. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. I'm like setting you up in case you find it. Um, yeah. yeah. So I did. it was I like, did. okay. Yeah. And, and so I just started listening to them talk about how need is really the basis for the maternal gift economy. And, you know, I had kind of listened to it prior as like, well, if we're not valuing feminine energy, then feminine energy isn't going to be valued in the exchanges and blah, blah, blah. Like I was kind of like on my high horse about it, like kind of critiquing it, critiquing the work of this like legendary woman who's done decades of work about it and just being like I am. And then I was like, oh, you know, anyway, there, the, in this theory, um, and in like what is so natural, you know, oftentimes in this maternal energy is that like if there's a need, we just give it. Like the maternal um, instinct is to fulfill needs. And so that's like the basis of the gift exchange in, and, and actually Genevieve Vaughn, I don't, I think she defines exchange differently. And so um, she would call it the gift. Yeah. Like a, yeah. an exchange is not required, you know, like a, a gift right. is just a gift. It's not an exchange. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I found this, the three short little things that I, I wanted to read. Um, so what you said was in the maternal gift economy, a gift is given in response to a need. For example, 
if a baby needs to be fed, it receives the mother's breast. If a woman needs food, it can be brought to her. Um, you had said that you had been so focused for so long on all of the energetics of all these different sorts of exchanges that something was stirring in you the word um, about the word, um, the concept, the primordial beauty of need. And then here's here's the part that you highlighted. The need is, in some sense, a gift that precipitates the giving. It allows the gift to be given, and it allows the giver to be received. And that, mm-hmm. I'm glad you, you put that in bold print because that is like the crux of the point, of the message, um, that givers only have like, and I'm, I'm trying to like reduce it to like a core concept. So it, it's minimizing it more than it should, but it's like the purpose of the giver doesn't really exist until there's the need for the giver to give. Um, otherwise, you know, kind of like it's it's sort of like a what's the point kind of thing. Like, what's the value? But once there's a need, the purpose of the giver becomes, in a in a monetary sense, invaluable. You can't put a dollar mm-hmm. amount on it because that gift means more than any dollar amount could ever be worth. Um, yeah. And that, for well, me, is how we tr- transcend, you know, some of these these constructs. Yes, right. And I want to say just for clarification that from this point forward, I'm not trying to summarize a quote Genevieve Vaughn, like listeners can look at her work. And and so I'm going to be sharing my own (laughs) kind of opinions and stories from this point forward. Um, And there, you know, there is no original thought, maybe. So, you know, all informed by everyone else. But um, so I'll tell a, a, a little story here. Um, I have a friend and this friend has helped me when I have needed it. And this friend happens to be male, happens to be very wealthy, right? So he has figured out the money game and, um, and, and is a good friend. He's his wife is also a good friend of mine, right? So it's not a romantic thing whatsoever because when we enter romantic relationships, then exchanges of energy and finance also get really interesting there, right? Just mentioning that. (laughs) Things I look at a lot, right? And so, you know, I have had needs in the past um, that involved like financial needs, non-financial needs. And this friend has kind of come to my aid and my experience with admitting the need and asking for help was, I mean, it was so healthy for me because I just, I was raised in a way that was like, don't ever admit that you don't have your stuff all figured out. <laughs> don't ever admit that you need anyone and be independent forever. And, um, you know, what a horrible <laughs> a horrible thing that is to do to one another. Um, And so, you know, I was unlearning that and kind of deconditioning that from my system. And so I had to get uncomfortable and ask for help in a way that I didn't want to. And all sorts of shame happened inside of me. It felt really gross. But I was given a gift that wasn't a debt. You know, it it was a gift to help my son and I. And so then that really helped me like over a period of time to ease 
my ability to ask and to ease my own ability to admit that I have a need and, and like to really develop self-love around not having all your ducks in a row all the time and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially in this wacky world that we live in, it's like, well, of course, <laughs> you know, we need to, it's times of like, anyway, we, I think, a lot of us who are getting sovereign are going to go through times of maybe not having as much like wealth amassed because we're like breaking out of a system. So I had to go through all of this and like really just, like I said, develop so much self-love around it. And so then it was like kind of a while later, like over a year later and he and I were um, having lunch and he was asking me, like, you know, what do you need? And, and he was sharing that in the past when he was giving, it wasn't necessarily all pure, even though there wasn't a debt, there wasn't an expectation. It, like, made him feel really good about himself, right? And then mm-hmm. he recognized that in himself, and he was like, well, this isn't actually very pure, And so he said to me, he said, Sarah, I'm never going to assume, and I think I wrote about this in the same article. He said, I'm never going to assume that you need me because if I do, I'm actually infringing upon you, like in a, in a kind of dominant way. And he's really checking his own feminine masculine energy. And he said, I'm not going to assume that you need something I can give you. How bold of me. He said, so you have to speak your need. And then I'm so happy to share. But he was really encouraging, like, the sovereignty of naming need and the sovereignty of, like, being given a gift, which I just thought was so beautiful. Oh, are we still there, Amber? I can't hear you anymore. Hey, Amber. I can't hear you anymore, unfortunately. Can you hear me? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.